Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we help you discover innovative startups in the outdoor sport industry. Join us as we tell the story of brands who are paving the way for the future of outdoor sports. And here's your host, Josh Salvo. Hey, Ready Eddy Podcast listeners. Do you love skiing, snowboarding, climbing, hiking, camping, surfing, kayaking, or mountain biking? Did you know that there are thousands of new outdoor sports startups launching each year with incredible stories and products that are revolutionizing their sports? At Ready Yeti, we are a community of outdoor sport enthusiasts that love discovering new brands and supporting the ones that make innovative, quality products and that have a drive to give back. At ReadyEddy.com, we give away products every two weeks from your soon-to-be favorite outdoor sports startups. Check out ReadyEddy.com and become a part of our daily growing outdoor sports community and be among the first to discover tomorrow's outdoor sport brands. Hey guys, Josh Salvo here and I wanted to welcome you to the Red Yeti Podcast. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of chatting with Caleb Simpson, the co-founder of Bearded Brothers Energy Bars. If you're not familiar with Bearded Brothers, they are based out of Austin, Texas and make protein bars to fuel all of your adventures. With an average of seven ingredients per bar, their organic non-GMO energy bars will fuel your adventure anywhere. They are gluten and soy-free, low glycemic, and are a great source of fiber and protein. Caleb, I want to thank you for taking the time to chat with me. Yeah, thanks. It's great to be here. Awesome. So tell me, for the listener that doesn't know much about Bearded Brothers Energy Bars, how are you guys different than, say, Cliff Bar or Kind Bar? And you know, what are you guys doing that's different? Okay, yeah. So the the main difference is going to be like you know the number of ingredients per bar, and also um, just like the quality of ingredients per bar. So you look at somebody like you know Cliff Bar, you know it's probably got like sixteen twenty ingredients um, per bar. You know, usually like the first ingredient is something like a brown rice syrup. Um, ours are just completely different in that, like you said in the intro there, we have an average of seven ingredients per bar. It's simple ingredients like dates and nuts and figs and um, this super simple stuff that you can even just like walk into the grocery store yourself and buy. Um, and so when we take take the approach of just um, simple ingredients um, into simple food and we, you know, one of the struggles I always had is just, you know, my stomach can never usually digest things like the brown rice syrup. Um, so the simpler, the better. Um, and that's why we use simple ingredients like dates and nuts. That's really cool. That's really interesting. So how did you, you founded this with your brother-in-law, Chris, correct? Yes, that's correct. Back in 2011. So how did you guys come up with this um, idea and what really got you to the point where you're like, all right, let's do this. Let's jump headfirst into you know, starting a business in the uh, protein bar world. Okay, it's 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 kind of an interesting interesting story. So before um, we ever started this company, I was pretty much just straight up meat and potatoes guy. I wasn't healthy. You know, aside from working out, like my diet was just completely unhealthy. Um, and when I met Chris, he kind of introduced introduced me into um, a raw food diet um, that he was into at the time, and I kind of got me interested in it. Um, so pretty much overnight, I went vegetarian and was eating like a high raw food diet just because I saw how unhealthy I was and how big of a change I needed to make. Um, so through that process, you know, I was kind of really unsatisfied with what was on the market. Um, you know, like I said, Cliff Bars had tons of ingredients, like a bar, like a Kind Bar was okay, but, you know, it still, you know, you know, wasn't organic. So I wanted some with organic 
um, simple ingredients. So I basically just started making bars on my own. Um, and, you know, and I was using those bars to fuel my rock climbing adventures. Um, and also I was in really into running too. So I just started making my own energy bars for my own purposes. Um, and Chris was actually, you know, when he was, his experience with bars was a little different. He wasn't necessarily using for uh, athletic purposes. He was traveling a lot for his job and, you know, finding healthy foods in airports was difficult. So he was kind of doing his own energy bar thing, you know, cause he was traveling a lot. Um, and when this all kind of came, came about for starting a business is when I moved to Austin. Um, I kind of previously had the idea in the back of my head before moving to Austin with Chris Lib, you know, of starting this company one day. It's like, you know, I could probably sell these things and I think they would sell really well. But I lived in Dallas at the time and this, it was kind of like Dallas wasn't as local friendly as Austin is. Um, and when I moved to Austin, um, I just saw how local friendly Austin was and I thought, wow, it'd be great um, to start this company here. And when I moved to Austin, I didn't have a job. Um, so it only made sense to just jump headlong into it and start the business. Um, and Chris has, you know, you know, 17, 18 years experience in the health and supplement industry. Um, and he's the one that kind of got me into the healthy foods to begin with. So it only made sense that we kind of partnered together. Um, especially since he had that industry experience. And so, you know, since I came here, Austin didn't have a job, just, I jumped headlong into it, um, and dedicated all my time to bearded brothers full time. Um, and Chris has been with the company ever since, um, on a part-time basis. And so that's kind of, um, that's pretty much in a nutshell, how the business started. That's a really interesting story. So before you, um, moved to Austin, so are you originally from Dallas? Um, Denton, Texas actually. So just a little bit North of Dallas. Yeah. Okay, cool. So upbringing, uh, where did you go to school? Like what, what did you study? What did you think you were going to be doing after you know you graduated or whatever did you think you would be in this kind of a business um you know not 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 really you know i kind of thought at one point you know i might own my own business um i've kind of always been entrepreneurial um you know even when i had my full-time job you know doing like marketing and graphic design so my background was marketing um from the university of north texas so i pretty much went straight into like you know graphic design marketing and assistant type role then move into a marketing associate role for the YMCA of Dallas. Um, but during that time, I always had side businesses. I was always doing like graphic design projects, web design stuff. Um, I was a professional photographer on the side as well. Um, so I always had an inkling for running my own business, but I never thought I would, you know, do anything beyond like freelance design work. Um, so to jump like headlong into starting my own business was was quite a leap. But um, you know, just through the process, some career coaching. Um, in my life, just realized that, you know, I really didn't want to work for somebody else. I wanted to start my own thing and run my own business. Um, and so, yeah, pretty much just took that leap, you know, just jumped a lot, jumped straight into it, not knowing what I was going to do and just, um, learned as I went along. That's really interesting. So you mentioned the fact that you sort of, when you started out, you were making a lot of the bars in your kitchen. What went into the development of, the bars that you can find now on Bearded Brothers uh, website. What what was the process? How many types of bars have you made, and how have you sort of mm-hmm. improved them over time to what they are now? Okay, yeah. So so the first we launched originally launched with four bars, and there's now you know six bars in the lineup. And when we went into this, there's maybe just like a couple of different recipes we were making on our own in our own kitchen. And so we thought, okay, if we're going to launch this company, we have to come up with something awesome. We can't compete 
with you know like the big guys like kind and cliff bar with just just a cashew cookie bar you know it had to be something better um you know chris and i having you know chris being in the supplement industry and you know myself getting interested in raw foods we had a lot of knowledge about superfoods so that's why like you know all our bars have chia seeds in them you know because they're a great source of fiber they're great for you know helping with hydration they're a good source of omega-3s so we wanted something to be you know unique about the bars and so each end of each bar has some sort of superfood in it you know we got like the coconut treads and the coconut mango we got blueberries and the blueberry vanilla um we got cacao nibs and cocoa in in the chocolate maca bar so each of the bars has something unique about it has some sort of um superfood in it that um you know will help you in some sort of way you know whether it's like you know the medium chain triglycerides in the coconut mango bar or the ginger in the ginger peach bar with which will help with things like with inflammation um they all have a unique property to them um and when we went into the kitchen creating these bars we went in with the mindset not necessarily the scientific mindset other than you know wanting them to have superfoods that we knew had benefits to you know the body and that would help with athletic performance and just and just everyday everyday life as well um but we went in mainly developing on taste like we weren't looking to create a specific nutrition profile but although just kind of just through creating things with all natural um good ingredients it came up with a new good nutritional profile and almost all the bars even have like a four to one carb protein ratio so they're great for you know you know before workout during workout or even recovery as well um so it was just the nutritional profile was just a natural side effect of creating an awesome product with good taste that's really cool. So these bars are perfect for anyone who, like you said, with your partner, um, Chris, he travels a lot. So anyone who does a lot of traveling and doesn't want to buy food in the airport or someone who is getting in the backcountry doing some camping, um, hiking, or even backcountry skiing, or even in the resort and they don't want to stop for a snack or get lunch at the resort or pack their own, they can just grab a bar or two. I think that's really cool and they know it's a healthy option as opposed to a lot of the bars that are out there where you think it's a healthy option but you really it's actually turns out not to be and i Mm -hmm. feel like there's so many brands out there um like one of them for some reason this jumped into my mind was uh, like naked juice like they were supposed to be like this great um smoothie for you but in reality they're actually filled with sugar and not that Mm -hmm. healthy yeah yeah totally and there's so many brands out there like that, and you got to be able to know and sift through that. And um, you know, I think that's really interesting that you guys are one of the one of the few brands that I feel are definitely um, working to actually produce quality um, food in in their bars and whatever. So I, that's great. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, totally. So. What's something unique that no one knows about you, one of your products or your business, and how how would you say it differentiates you from, you know, the Kind Bar, or the Cliff Bars? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So, so one of our early mentors um, was a guy named Josh Williams. He was the former CEO of an of a of a social app called Gowalla. It was like a check in based app, kind of similar to Foursquare. Um, I had a pretty big cult following. So some of your listeners probably have definitely heard of it before. Um, but so he was one of our early mentors. And when we were first coming up with our branding, it was our original branding was just so generic and so lame. And like, we even had a different company name. We used to be called adventure naturals and like nobody could remember the name. All our friends or family, whenever we, um, you know, met with them, they would just be like, Oh, what's that company you work on? And what, what is it called again? And nobody could remember it. Um, 
but so when we were meeting with him, we kind of just laid out, you know, my packaging comps that I designed and, you know, compared it to everything else out there. And he's like, well, this doesn't look anything, any different than anything else out there. Um, and so we, we sought to do something just totally different. So that's why all our packages are just kind of like a natural craft color. It's plain and simple. And so because we went the opposite direction of this flashy packaging, um, like we have something unique and it stands out more on the shelf because it isn't flashy. Um, and so, and another interesting thing, um, about, about JW is that like when we were coming up with the naming, naming conventions, um, he kind of encouraged us to come up with things that are more creative. And that's why we have things like, you know, bodacious blueberry vanilla and ginger peach or fabulous ginger peach. And the original name of that one was actually J dubs fabulous ginger peach. But, um, <laughs> it was kind of named like that in honor of him, but just, Dude, for brevity, it's already kind of a long name, so we kind of had to take that off there. But um, that's kind of my interesting story there. No, that's that's cool, and I think you bring up a good point of the fact that, like, even in branding, you can differentiate yourself from a lot of other brand companies out there that are similar. But really, it helps you stand out and show how different you actually are. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of your your mentor, what other mentors did you have throughout this process of building Bearded Brothers to what it is today? Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, so so JW, he was one of the biggest ones early on, and just I mean, I've never had like one constant mentor, you know, throughout this process. You know, I, let's say I have had several mentors. Um, a lot of them are kind of just mentors from afar, um, like Dave Ramsey and his Entree Leadership Principles, um, and just other people in the food industry, um, like Justin's from Justin's Nut Butter. He's been another um, inspiration to me, and he's he's a guy that I have somewhat access to. Um, so he's been, he's been real encouraging to me throughout this process as well. Um, and so, yeah, but main, most of my mentors I would say are just like, um, you know, people whose books I read, people are doing similar things to me and are growing their businesses in a similar fashion. No, that's really, uh, that, that, I think that's, there's so many entrepreneurs out there that it's very similar and you gotta be feeding off of people who've been successful already. So you don't, you know, make, it, it saves you from making a ton of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. It was so important. Um, when you guys first started out, how did you gain traction? What did you do to uh, get noticed and start really selling your bars? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, really, it's just it's getting out there and just grinding, like just like picking up the phone, calling stores, like driving to the stores, visiting them, dropping off samples. Like, I mean, early on, like nobody was coming to us. Um, it took like a good year into the business before, you know, people started hearing about us and would call us and ask us to stock our product. Um, you know, even still to this day, it's like sales is just like a huge, huge, huge part about, um, growing the business. It's like, if you're not selling, it's like, you're not growing. Um, so it's like when we first started the business, we were, you know, making the bars ourselves in our kitchen. Um, so we make the bars, we package them, we go out that afternoon and, you know, start trying to sell them. Um, so, and it's really just all about just, um, and eventually, you know, you had the word of mouth coming into play. Um, social media, I feel is like it's played, um, quite a big factor as well. Um, the fact that we have a fairly decent social media following as well has helped us when we entered into stores like REI because people, you know, they've heard of us and when they go in there, like, Oh yeah, I've heard of these guys. I've seen them on Instagram, you know, and they'll, you know, they're more likely to try the product as if they never heard us before. Right. Yeah. No. That makes that makes a lot of sense. So, are all the bars made in in Austin currently? Yes. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. So, what what's the setup you guys have um, 
So your your team of about seven, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and where there's usually anywhere from three to four of those are making the bars at a time. Okay, so where where is it? It's directly in Austin. You guys have a facility. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So what's that like? I, I know you said your partner is part time. So what? How does the organization, I guess, work? What do you? What's a typical day like in the Bearded Brother office? Okay, so. So yeah, so every day, not every day is a production day. So it's like we kind of have alternating production days. Um, so pretty much everyone that works for us is like doing different roles. So it's like, you know, Josh, who's the kitchen manager, he's also our operations manager. So he's in charge of ordering and, you know, shipping out our big orders. Zach, he's in charge of, you know, he makes the bars and he's also helping um, ship out samples to brand ambassadors and coordinate with events that we're sponsoring. Um, and Josh, he's our, oper- our operations manager. His wife handles our you know, a lot of our social media stuff. Um, and so myself, I'm, I'm also in very heavily involved in the operation. So occasionally I might have to um, step in and help produce bars, but for the most part, I'm, I'm trying to sell the bars, trying to get them into new stores, um, managing our brokers, um, and things like that. And Chris, he, you know, when he's here, he's fortunate enough to have a job that's somewhat flexible. He travels a lot for it still, but when he is here, he's working in our office with us. Um, you know, so he's right here with us, and so we get to communicate on things, um, you know, from time to time. So it's nice to have him here um, in our presence, and so we can, you know, and Chris and I always we confer on all our big decisions, and we work together, um, you know, on that. Since you know we're both founders in the business. Interesting. Yeah, I always find it cool to hear the dynamic that founder that business small businesses have, and sort of how they function together. Um, it's always it's always interesting. They're always a very close knit group of people. Mm-hmm. Always. It's like always. Oh, yeah, totally. Never is it like, oh, yeah, you know, it's whatever. It's it's interesting. I think that's a very mm-hmm. important part to um, building a business. It's more like a family. Yeah, totally. And we and we all know each other's families. Like Josh, he's got, you know, he's got a couple kids. Like Chris, he's got three kids. We have three kids. And like, you know, we all, you know, we're always talking to each other about our families and what we're doing. So it's, it's pretty, it is pretty close-knit group. And um, we have a very, we very much have like, you know, this is kind of part of our culture too. Like I, I think, like a get it, a get it done attitude, and so, um, you know, I think being close knit helps us to be able to work together. Um, you know, even when you know difficult difficult projects and things arise. Yeah, no, I, that's that's very interesting. So, what would you say is the exact culture of uh, Bearded Brothers? <clears throat> um, yeah, yeah, kind of like I was saying there. Just like I really feel like we have like kind of like a get it done attitude. Um, you know, there's, you know, in a startup, you know, you're constantly facing challenges. Um, and there's pretty much nothing we'll, we'll say no to. We always find a way to, um, to figure it out and make it work. Like, you know, we have a whole bunch of, um, you know, changes coming up this next year with our, with our products and it's going to cause like all sorts of headaches with our production. But, um, you know, nobody's ever batted an eye about it and everyone's you know super excited about it. Um, and we're all, you know, we're, we're all a team here. So we're all here and willing to help each other. And, um, you know, people that are in other roles, you know, don't feel like, you know, they're exempt from other roles. Yeah, totally. I think that's, it just goes to show when you build a community and family, it, it, people are willing to do things for each other <laughs> and know yeah, that, totally. that it went, the changes you're making are positive ones and they'll be worth it in the end. So you've, you've mentioned the fact that, all of your ingredients are organic. Well, I wanted to ask you what 
Bearded Brothers' commitment is to uh, sustainable manufacturing because you mm-hmm. obviously your 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 factory is in Austin. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'd love to hear more mm-hmm. on that. Yeah, it's like that's one of the biggest reasons why you know our all our ingredients are organic. Um, I mean, we had a couple ingredients that weren't organic for quite a while, but we finally were able to like you know source them organic. Um, and so when that transition is going to be happening early next year, um, but, you know, we've, I mean, we're just firm believers in just like, you know, organic farming and sustainability. And like, you know, I think it kind of has to go beyond just like just non non GMO, um, you know, and, and there's a certain point to understand with a lot of companies that kind of can't sell certain products. Cause it's like, it's super hard to sell them. Um, like, like we struggle selling our product at a premium price point, um, but the thing is, it's like we're using high quality ingredients. We're using things that are sustainably sourced, you know, through organic farming, um, you know, and, and things like our chocolate, you know, they're ethically ethically sourced as well. Um, so it's like when you when you're sourcing quality products, you're going to have to pay a higher premium on them. Yeah. And people don't get that. Like they go into the store and they're like, what? It's how much? And they don't like take a second to think. We're like, wait a minute. They're actually. Yeah. Going, it's all of these steps and pieces together, which really make it cost that much more and totally worth it. Especially if you're looking to put healthy food into your into your body, like it's, it's just oh yeah, it's totally a fact. Yeah, um, and it's like and and from my, to my knowledge, I, we're one of the few. I mean, I can probably I can think of like maybe two other energy bars out there that use like organic almonds in their bars. Anyone else like you know guys like Kind and. Um, in Laura Bar, they're not using organic almonds. Like you know, our ingredients—they're all organic. Oh, that's really interesting. Uh, it's so—it's so funny how much bar like companies, especially Kind, they—they they showcase themselves as being such a healthy option. When in reality, mm-hmm. I mean, not saying that like they're not, but it—it it can be somewhat misleading. Yeah, totally. I, I totally agree. What would you say has been one of the hardest parts about starting Bearded Brothers and getting it to where it is today? Mm-hmm. Man, def- definitely like having to wear multiple hats. Um, you know, as I was talking earlier, just about how huge sales is um, to growing the company, and that's been one of the most like difficult things for us to focus on. Even today, it's like even with a team of seven people, like you know we're all wearing so many hats. We all have so many different things to do, um, things to manage and like, you know, emails to answer, you know, whatever it is. It's like, it just, it's so much when you're so small and it's like, you know, one person is essentially, you know, filling four different roles. So I'd say the biggest, the biggest challenge to our growth is just being able to focus on sales when there's so many other components of um, the business that you have to focus on in order to just sustain it. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. It's the amount of things I neglect sometimes just because I just have so much on my plate. I'm like, crap, mm-hmm. I totally forgot to deal yep. with that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And people are like, why aren't you getting back to me? I'm like, well, I'm trying. It's just, <laughs> you know, yeah. I've got 40 million other things to do right now. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, and one of the things that I, I kind of subs- I try to subscribe to, I often find myself falling back into bad habits. But um, Dan Allen, he's written a book called Getting Things Done. He talks about like big rocks and little rocks. He's like, if you take a jar and fill it with little rocks, which is all your just little piddly things you have to do throughout the day, there's going to be no room in there for the bigger rocks, the important things that you have to get done because you fill your day with all these little rocks. So he's he's got the philosophy. You got to focus on your big rocks. They got to be the most important thing in your day, and you got to focus on those. And those are the first things you need to get done. 
and all the other things need to come after that. But it's so easy just to get caught up in just like your day to day and sitting down and just starting to answer emails before you sit down and plan out your day. But I do try. Um, but sometimes I do fail. <laughs> it's being human. <laughs> yep. I totally understand that. Uh, something I, that's always sat in my mind, like one of the first business books I ever read was The 4-Hour Workweek by Timothy Ferris. Mm-hmm. And he talks about the whole 80-20 rule where it's focus on yep. 20% of the Twenty percent that results yields eighty percent of your results. Yep. So it's you know work exactly like that, working on those big items and making sure you get those done, and the other stuff you know will fill in. But I think that's great advice. What? Yeah, totally. What would you say have been some of the biggest mistakes you've made with Bearded Brothers, just building the business? Oh man, uh, <laughs> so so one of the biggest today was like not pulling the plug soon enough on. Um, a product launch that wasn't going well. Um, so last year we, we launched a product called bold bars, which were like our version of like a savory energy bar. Um, and, and truth and truly we didn't have enough time to like, you know, test this. It wasn't in the market long enough for us to actually say that it wasn't going to work. Um, but we were having so many problems on the production end of it. Um, they were just taking two to three times longer to produce than our current bars. We were, I mean, batches were getting botched. It was just like it was just like a nightmare. Um, I can't give exact specifics into things that were going on, but like it was just like even people I talked to, or even other like mentors from other companies I was talking to, it's like yeah, it sounds like you probably need to pull the plug, count your losses, and walk away. But you know, we continued plugging through. It's like oh, let's just get through this. Let's just get through this hump. And you know, as a result, we ended up just you know had thousands and thousands of dollars in like you know lost product because you know, just, it wasn't working and we didn't, we didn't step back soon enough. Um, and so that's just one of the things, and it kind of goes back to like trusting your gut as well. I mean, that was part of it as well. Like I didn't feel, I didn't truly feel like we should keep going. Um, you know, and even mentors were telling us that we should probably step back. Um, we kind of ignored that thought we could continue on, um, and kind of, um, you know, you know, paid the price like literally. Um, and so that's kind of one of the, been the biggest and most, you know, tragic things we've experienced since we started this business. But, um, you know, just knowing when to quit is like, is, is a pretty big thing, I think. Yeah, no, that, that is so true. So in conducting that launch, did you like, so obviously the production was very different than the bars previously, Mm -hmm. right? How did you know, like what was different that made it so much more difficult, I guess is, is my question. You know, just just not knowing how some of the ingredients were going to react together long term um, okay. is one of the things. And just like, you know, and, and being a small startup, you don't have thousands of dollars to go pay a food scientist to, you know, develop this product for you. We're not, you know, these bigger companies who've got, you know, R&D guys in house. It's like, you know, this is just us, you know, putting things together. Um, you know, we kind of made some incorrect assumptions too, just assuming it would be in a very similar process to, um, our current bars, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, it was a very different process and we did not expect it at all. That's very interesting, especially in the food, food slash manufacturing world, right? So like a lot of yeah. the people I've interviewed have been in manufacturing, but not necessarily food. So it's interesting because it adds an extra layer of like complexity to it where oh, yeah. you have, it's, you, you have to do a lot of testing, to really make sure that it comes out the way you want. And uh, I, I, I can't even imagine <laughs> doing that. Oh, yeah, totally. 
Yeah. What what advice would you give to someone that wanted to start a business in the outdoor market or just in general? Mm-hmm. Man, I just my best advice would be to like just go out there and do it, and like and to talk to other people in the industry. Um, you know, f- find another company that's like, you know, that's you know maybe in the early stages, maybe a little further along. I mean, you'd be surprised at um, how willing a lot of these entrepreneurs and CEOs would be willing to lend you their time. Um, you know, I've, I've talked, like I've mentioned, I've been able to talk with Justin from Justin's Nut Butter. I've like, you know, like, you know, I'm good friends with Dan. He's the CEO of Nautamu. It's a, it's a dairy free ice cream company here in Austin. Um, and even in the early stages, I would just call people. I didn't even know that just because they had a food company, um, and ask them if I could just meet with them and they would meet with me. They would even buy me coffee. And it's like, I should be buying you coffee. Um, but it's like, you know, just people are more generous with their time than you think. And like, and you can find out a lot more information. Um, than you think you can just by sitting down and talking to somebody who's in the industry. Um, cause starting a food company, I'll tell you, it's difficult. There's so many things like, you know, licenses and, you know, things you have to get in place in order to do this. And just, I'm, I'll tell you just like trying to search for it on the internet, you're not going to get anywhere. So I'm sure there's, you know, a lot of barriers to entry and, in, you know, different industries as well. Um, it's one of the most things I would say, just like, if you just go out there and do it, just learn it, figure it out and talk to other people that have done it already. That's the best advice I'd have. I think that's such great advice. Like, and you're saying that like there, people are more than willing to talk to you. And it's true because anyone, any successful entrepreneur has been in your shoes and they were asking someone who is more successful than, than them at a time and they helped them. So it's like, it's, oh, yeah, totally. of, it's like a pay it yep. forward kind of thing. Exactly. It's like I, I had so many people helping me in the early stages. It's like I just naturally want to turn around and help other people now. Oh, same, same. Anytime someone reaches out to me, I'm like, yes, sure. I will. <laughs> Why <Yeah>. not? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I know how many people have helped me and I wouldn't be where I am now if I didn't have that help, that guidance. Um, and to talk about to talk about the regulations in, in starting a food business, my grandfather had a candy kitchen for like 30 plus years and the amount of hoops he had to jump through, like oh yeah, it's ridiculous. It's nuts. It's like it's yeah. nuts how how hard and difficult it is. So I totally understand what how hard that can be. Um, where where do you see Bearded Brothers going in the next year, five years, and ten years? Mm-hmm. So our I mean our growth plan is to pretty much you know mainly try to um, like grow with Whole Foods nationally. And what that helps us do is once we're in nationally with Whole Foods, that pretty much opens up, you know, all the distribution channels for us to, you know, kind of trickle down and start growing into, you know, like the smaller mom and pop grocery stores. Um, and from there, we want to continue to grow out into, you know, like the conventional space. And eventually we want to be, you know, like just like kind of like the size of Cliff Bar where you can find our stuff anywhere. Because um, one of the biggest reasons we started this company is – not being able to find healthy foods when we're traveling and when we're on the road. Um, so it'd be nice if you could walk into an airport, you know, convenience store and pick up a bearded brothers bar or, you know, walk into a gas station while you're on the road, going to the ski slopes or, you know, to the crag, you know, cause I can never find that before. That's why I always pack my own food. So it's like, you know, hope the one day, you know, to have our products pretty much anywhere so you can find healthy food on the road. I think that's, that's a great goal. I guess my question is, I feel like a lot of, brands who get to the size you're talking about it makes it more challenging to produce 
the same quality product. I guess my question is, mm-hmm. how do you keep the consistency when you become that much larger? Yeah, I think our, our process is like, it's not, it scales really well. Um, so early, early on, like we, when we would mix a batch of bars, it was probably about 25 bars in a batch. Now it's more like 150 bars. Um, but it stays that size. So like each bar before they, before they get pressed out or getting mixed in like, you know, these small batches. Um, and it's, and it's very scalable to do it in even larger quantities. Um, and so your recipe, it's not like it's going to get messed up from going from this, this size batch to like this ginormous batch. Um, you know, just because the way we produce our bars and the way, um, the way they're made, they're, they're always going to be produced in like kind of these smaller size batches. Right. No, that, that's very interesting. So how has the growth been since you started in 2011? I know mm-hmm. you mentioned offline that you guys are currently doing a little over 450,000 bars, but how, how has that growth sort of gotten to where it is now? Okay. Yeah. So let me, let me just do just tiny little calculation here. I'll tell you kind of what we did our first year. Sure. So our first year we did, we probably only sold about 25,000 bars. Um, you know, to this past year, you know, 450,000, we're probably closer to 500,000 this year. Um, <coughs> sorry about that. So it kind of just goes back to just, um, just getting out there and selling your product, you know, getting it into as many hands as possible. Um, and we're, you know, we've still, we haven't been backed by, you know, large amounts of capital. So we haven't had the privilege of, you know, you know, going out and paying a guy a hundred thousand dollars a year to do sales for us full time. Um, it's still just us, the founders, you know, getting out there um, and just in, in growing the company. And, it, and it's taken a little bit longer. It's like we're a little slower growing than, you know, a lot of the other um, companies that are out there. Even other energy bars that are out there are growing faster than we are. Um, but, you know, to this day, we've kind of just been sticking to this, you know, plan. It's not to say we wouldn't go out. We won't ever take investment to help our company grow. Um, but for now, it's just been pretty much. Um, us doing what we can do, um, getting out there and you know selling the product to the best of our ability. Without a doubt. So what would you say is the best part about running Bearded Brothers? Um, I would say that every day is different. Um, like you know, there's a pretty much a new challenge every day. It's like it never gets dull and never gets boring. Um, you know, like I would probably say a few months ago, I was like heavily focused on sales. I was spending half my day um, every day, like calling on stores. Now kind of things have flipped. It's like we have a big packaging, packaging change coming up with our bars. So I'm like been very heavily involved in like the oversight, um, with the guy doing our design with our distributors and with, you know, our um, brokers and just, you know, there's just so many moving pieces to, you know, changing, changing something in your product, especially when your distribution is growing so big. Um, so now that's, that's what my focus has been on like probably like the past three months, just this packaging project. Um, and, and I had a newborn as well about a month ago. So that's also been taking up a lot of time. Um, Congratulations. So yeah, so, yeah. Thank you. So it, that, that definitely makes things interesting as well. Um, when you, when you add personal life changes. Um, but yeah, but definitely, I mean, everything, everything in my day is never the same. And so that's one of the, one of the coolest things I like about um, running bearded brothers. It's like, I'm, Nothing's ever going to be the same. Every day I walk into the office is going to be a different day. That's really cool. And uh, for me, I, I think one of the reasons why I, I started Radiate is very similar. I love 
the change. Like if I had to do the same thing every day for the next 40 years, I'd probably shoot myself. <laughs> yeah. Like I just, I just don't have the, I, a, I don't have the attention span for that. And B, I just, I don't know. I just like trying different things and, and doing that. You sort of really discover new things that you have an interest in, which mm-hmm. I think in itself is cool. Cause as you're getting older, you, you, you know, you can find something that you never thought you would be good at or be interested in. You'd be like, Hey, I'm going to start doing this more often. It's just a nice little added bonus. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, and like, and I am in my my personality naturally loves challenges. So it's like to have so much variety for me is such a good thing. Because and especially being in this business in this industry, I've never been in before. Pretty much everything for me is a challenge. It's like everything I encounter, um, and I'm in. I'm sure most entrepreneurs are the same way. It's like you know they're usually starting businesses and something they've never done before. So it's like everything that's thrown at them is something they're having to learn and overcome yeah you're so you're so so right so with that if you're interested in uh checking out bearded brothers you can head over to readyeddy.com right now between november 22nd and december 6th we're going to be giving away a uh seven cases of um bearded brother bars included with a pair of revision skis so you head over to readyeddy.com and you have a chance to enter and um, if they want to get their hands on bars sooner, where can they find you guys and get a chance to try the number of options you guys have? Okay, so the best place you can go is, is this beardedbros.com. Um, so we have all six flavors on there, and we also have um, a variety case option as well. And there's also like a variety pack option, which is basically just um, – a half a case with one of each flavor, so it's a little little lower price point for you know those who may be price conscious. So it allows you to kind of try the bars, figure out which ones you um, like best, and you come back and buy the ones you like better. And we also have a subscription option on the website as well. And if you sign up for our email list, we send out um, um, discount coupons usually about once a month. Awesome. So I really want to thank you for taking the time to uh, chat with me and uh, share your business and your journey. It was really insightful and um yeah i want to just want to thank you caleb yeah you bet thanks so much it was a pleasure hey ready any podcast listeners if you enjoyed today's episode then i would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to itunes and leave us a quick review this really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself and if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode then please share it along Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Eddie Podcast. I'll catch you next week.